Hey, thanks for joining us here at the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. There's a lot of great resources there that are free and will help you grow closer to God and help you connect with the church. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Chris Figueretti, for this week's message. I'm Elle Roberts, and I've been coming to the Vineyard for about a year now. Um, I go to West Liberty University, and I'm a pre-med student. But reconciliation, I think it really just shows uh, the heart of like God because it just shows like you know even though in that like that person has hurt you or like even though like that person screwed up and like they just really like I don't know that just caused you a lot of pain like you're just like you know it's okay like you know because I've done that too and like not in the same context but like maybe in a different situation and like I'm gonna forgive you and love on you because we've done that with God like we've hurt him so many times like over and over and over again but yet he still and um, just like loves us and just you know, it's like never gonna leave and just is like, hey, it's okay. There was a girl that I used to live with and I moved out because we just kind of like, it just wasn't a good living situation for me. And um, she stopped coming to the life group for a while and she came back one day, just at the beginning of um, the semester. And I looked at her and I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I tears like coming from my face. I was just like, I need to go talk to her and like, I need to go and like forgive her and just ask her side of the story because I said, it's not like, I'm just blaming her for everything. And I don't even know like that part of her, like, you know, and I was just like, that's not fair to her. And I know that she's probably thinking the same thing about me. And I said, it's just, I want to know the truth and I want to learn to love her the way that like God like loves her and just forgive her. We sat down in an environment that was public, but still kind of like to ourselves that we could have a good conversation. And what really like, I think made that work, like the, it's just that we sat down and listened to each other. Like I sent her a text and said like, hey, like I really want to listen to your side of the story and I want to see like what you saw and then hopefully like you can see what I was seeing and just the fact that we were both very um, willing to hear each other's side of the story and not like assume stuff and like we also like would talk out like oh like I'm so sorry like when you like when this happened like I didn't even think of it being like this and I'm like and I didn't even think like when this happened that you saw it like this I was like I'm so sorry that like you know that we just weren't communicating and like talking to each other and just the fact that we were just really willing to be like, okay, like, wow, like, I didn't even think about that, or, you know what I mean, just really being open-minded and listening with open hearts and not just going in there thinking it's going to be just like this, just going in there with, like, no expectation. Well, good morning. It is so good to be with you all. We're going to have so much fun today. Uh, we are continuing and finishing, wrapping up our series called Peopling this morning. And uh, if you're here for the first time and you haven't heard the rest of the series, I strongly, strongly encourage you to go back online. You can listen to the podcast. You can watch it on video. It's all there. But catch up on the series because some of the most important skills you can have in this life are your peopling skills. 
So much of the quality and the joy level and the trajectory of our lives is determined by the people in our lives and the quality of those relationships. And God has a lot to say about how we navigate that. And actually, if you follow what he says, things go better, right? And so this is such, such important stuff. So if you've missed this series or missed part of this series, go watch online. Next week, we're kicking off a brand new sermon series, a four-week series we're calling Stressed Out. And uh, I, uh, last fall, we did a series uh, called No Longer a Slave, talking about fear. Because everybody's dealing with fear and anxiety attacks everywhere and all that kind of stuff. And it was a great series. But in the process of putting that series together, what I discovered was so much of what we deal with in the, the realm of physical anxiety uh, is, is not fear-related, it's stress-related. Like it's the physical manifestations of stress in our bodies. And, and, uh, and so some of it is fear related, it certainly can be, but so much of it is stress. And I thought, well, in the next year we're going to have to come back around and do a series on stress. So that's what we're doing because God has a lot to say about how to live life in such a way that you're not stressed out all the time. Does that sound good to anyone? Can I get an amen? All right, so be here. You have an invite in, uh, in your uh, program. Bring somebody with you and it will help them as well. It's going to be a super practical series and that kicks off next week. Today we're going to do the second part of last week's message. So last week we talked about what happens when you get hurt in relationships. What happens when you're rejected, when you, you deal with pain, you're disappointed or somebody does something and it's like, oh boy, that stings. How do you deal with that? Because the temptation is to blame them, right? Or to blame yourself, and you need to know what your temp, you know, which which way you go. We tend to go one way or the other. It couldn't be me, it must be them. They're bad, they have horrible motives, they're mean people, blah, blah, blah. Or it must be me, I'm not good enough, I'm too intense, I'm not, I'm not enough. And some some of us go in that direction. It's important to know because very few of us are very comfortable uh, to to just let it lay, right? We have to explain it to our hearts somehow and we go in those two directions. You need to know that so that you can stop doing that. And then the second thing that I said last week that we need to do is, and in light of that, we need to lean into relationships. And I encourage you, you know, get involved in a, in a life group, get involved in a serve group, lean into your church, lean into your friends, invite people into your home, into your, into your life. Do not allow the hurts in this life to keep you from connection. Don't let the pain of rejection keep you from the joy of, of connection. And, and, and so that's what we talked about last week. This week what I want to do is I want to I answer the question, what do we do with the person who hurt us? How do we deal with that? Because the Bible has some very specific things to say about that as well. Now, here's what we tend to do when somebody hurts us. We avoid them. We avoid, or we pretend that it didn't happen and we just, we just go on. We sweep it under the rug. You know what happens when you sweep it under the rug? You end up with a big lump under your rug, right? Or when you don't address the elephant in the room, there's an elephant in the room and that's not a good thing. Right, But that's what we do. We tend to go around it. We will rearrange our lives to avoid hard conversations, difficult situations. We will bend over backwards to avoid it. And I'm here to tell you that is not the tact you want to take. According to Inc.com, 
70% of people are avoiding difficult conversations at work. 70%. There's a lot of conversations that need to happen that aren't happening. On average, every one of those conversations costs the business about $7,500 and seven days of productivity. Now, I've been in situations where I've seen it cost a whole lot more than that. And I'm sure you have too. It's, uh, but we are avoiding these difficult conversations. And it's not just at work. It's in our marriages. It's in our friendships. It's in our families. It's even in our churches. We, we don't, there's something inside of us that wants to avoid the conflict, avoid the potential pain. We, we psych ourselves up and we think, boy, if I have that conversation, it's not going to go well. And so we avoid it and we don't have it. And it ends up creating a ton of pain. So what I want to talk about today is the art of having difficult conversations. Um, not having them does all kinds of damage. It causes all kinds of damage. And the damage doesn't happen when somebody hurts your feelings or disappoints you or lets you down. I mean, there's a little bit of damage that happens there. But the big damage happens between when, when you're hurt and you actually have the conversation. Because what happens in that time span is we psych ourselves up. We relive the, uh, the offense over and over again in our minds. We're, we we, we kind of spin out and we, our bodies release all kinds of stress hormones, cortisol and other things. And this is where the physical manifestations of stress show up. And here's what else happens in that time in between. We write a narrative of what the other person meant by that, of what they, what they were thinking what they were feeling, what, what that meant. And we convince ourselves, well, they wouldn't respond well anyway, so I'm not going to have the conversation. And guys, I'm here to tell you that so much of the pain that we deal with in relationships isn't the misunderstandings or even the offenses that happen along the way. It's what happens after that and before we have the conversation. And if you can shrink that time and you can navigate that the way Jesus taught us to, it changes everything. You know, the ninth commandment found in Exodus 20, verse 16 says this, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. But when we assume people's motives, when we write that story about what they meant and what they were thinking and what they did and, and all of that, before we have a clarifying conversation, what we're doing is we are bearing false witness against them in our hearts. And guys, we do this all the time. It's human nature to do this, right? But it's not what Jesus taught us to do. He, he taught us to live counter our human nature and to respond differently. Don't assume you know what a person is thinking or feeling. Because you don't. Now, you're going to tend to. But I'm here to t teach you to stop doing that. Research has shown the shorter the period of time, the shorter the period of time between offense and conversation, the healthier the organization, the healthier the business. And I would say the healthier the marriage, the healthier the family, the healthier the small group, the healthier the church, the healthier whatever group of people you're dealing with. If you can shorten the period of time between offense and conversation, you're going to be a happier human being. There's a reason Jesus said, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let the sun go down. You want to deal with this. You want to deal with it quickly. You want to have a conversation quickly. And it will shrink your people pain. 
I'm here to tell you, and I have nothing to substantiate this with, I'm here to tell you, other than personal experience, you can avoid 95% of your people pain in this life if you will do what I'm about to teach you how to do. And it doesn't mean you will be offended less or that people will let you down less. It just means that you're not going to deal with all that pain that happens between the offense and the conversation. And that's where most of the pain lies. So we're going to look at how to diffuse conflict and minimize hurt according to Jesus. And it turns out Jesus is really smart. Just saying. He knew what he was talking about. So let's look at what he says to do. There's a six... Six-step process. Uh, I encourage you to pull out your notes, pull out a pen, write some of this stuff down, commit it to memory. It's a super simple process. But if you will apply this, your life will be so much better. And here we go. Step one, stop and pray. Stop and pray. Why do we stop and pray? Several reasons. First, God might have something that he can show you Uh, give you some insight into the situation. And when we stop and pray, we give ourselves the opportunity to hear him in the situation. He might show you, you know what? You said this or you did that and they're offended by that. And, and, And so you've got something to go into the conversation and apologize for. That's huge. That's huge. It also gives you the opportunity to calm down. You don't want to go into a conversation hot, right? You want to go into a conversation calm. And it gives you an opportunity to get God's perspective on the situation. Ephesians 4, verse 32 says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be kind and compassionate. Guys, what is our our knee-jerk reaction when somebody hurts us? Punch back twice as hard. That's what we do. As human beings, that is the normal response. And Jesus says, oh, wait a second. Kindness and compassion. Consider the other person's perspective and forgive them. Go into the conversation having already forgiven them. Right? Because God has done that for us. Colossians 3, 12 and 13. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. I love how he starts this. He starts with our identity. Right? Because we are tempted in those situations to take what the other person did as a statement about who we are. And it starts with, no, you're God's kids. You're God's chosen. You are dearly loved. And guys, when you are steeped in that reality and that identity, you can stand outside the situation and not take it so personally. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive how? As the Lord has forgiven you. See, God led the way in this. While we were still sinners, while we were still in rebellion against him, while we were still rejecting God, he came after us with humility and grace, and kindness, and compassion, and offering forgiveness, knowing that it was his kindness that would lead to our repentance, to the healing of the relationship between us and him. And the same principle applies between you and people in your life. If you will offer that same forgiveness, that same kindness, compassion, humility, all of that, boy, it just greases the rails 
It makes it so much easier to, to heal the situation that you're dealing with. So super important. So stop and pray. So much can happen in that time that you stop and pray. You get to calm down. You get to hear from God about, you know, some insights into the situation maybe. And you get to remind yourself not to respond with a punch, but with kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. And that leads to step two, which is choose to believe the best. Choose to believe the best. I have found, and again, I have no scientific data to back this up, but this is just personal experience. About 90% of the time, it's not what I thought it was. About 90% of the time, when I have a conversation with somebody, and I'm like, well, you know, you did this, and, and I kind of interpreted it. That's not what I meant at all. And it just needed a clarifying conversation. Now, if we never had that conversation, I'd be spinning in my mind, right? But 90% of the time, it's not what I thought. So believe the best. It's probably not what you thought. 9% of the time, though, I found that it is what I thought. They said it. They did it. But most of the, 9% of the time, they either didn't know that they thought it or did it or that I took it that way. And so it's, it's you know, it's, it's a foot-in-the-mouth moment. Has anybody ever had a foot-in-the-mouth moment? You guys are being honest today. I love that. That is so good. Yeah, absolutely. We all do this. Um, at one point, after a program that we did here at the church, um, I, uh, we walked out into the, into the lobby. This was back at the building on Warden Run. And uh, walked out into the lobby, and there were just like two or three people left. And somebody asked me, hey, how did it go? And I said, well, it went great, but it was, it was long. You know, it went longer than it was supposed to. Well, the person who was responsible for the program, I didn't know this, they were standing around the corner, and they heard me say that. And what they heard was, Chris doesn't value my leadership. Chris doesn't think I'm competent to... to uh, to lead a program effectively, and, uh, and I can understand that because I told somebody else. I wasn't telling that person. It was wrong, right? I stuck my foot in my mouth, and I didn't even know it. Shouldn't have said it. Well, that person didn't say anything. And so for months, something, you know what I'm talking about? You could kind of feel it in the air, right? But it had no idea what was going on. And then when we finally did have the conversation, it blew up. It was hot. And you said this and you said that and blah, blah, blah. And because they had months to write the narrative about what I was thinking and what I was feeling. And it was awful. Right? When I heard it, I was like, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I was wrong. So 90% of the time is not what you think. 9% of the time it's a foot-in-the-mouth moment. And if you can just talk it through, you can get to where you need to be. Guys, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to stick our feet in our mouth from time to time. 1% of the time, they're a jerk. It's in the Bible. Actually, it's not. Um, but there are people who just will not, will not respond or they're malicious or, or whatever else. Okay, so that does happen. But 99% of the time... That's not the case. So on the front end, choose to believe the best about them. Let them prove you wrong. Choose to believe that it's not what you think or that it's, you know, a foot-in-the-mouth moment. We just need to choose that on the front end. It will change the way you go into the conversation. Step three, go to them. 
go to them. Do not go to your mama. Do not go to your small group. Do not go to anybody else. And so many of us need other people to share in our misery. And so we try and get other people worked up about how bad they are before we ever have a conversation with them. Do not do that. Go to them. Go to them. Go to them. And don't, you know, Christians, don't you dare prayer gossip. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, dear Lord Jesus, help so and so. And everybody else is like, what's so-and-so doing? (laughs) Don't do that. Guys, do not be the cause of a toxic environment. All of us have lived in or through toxic environments, whether it be at work or in our families or wherever else, and this is where it comes from. Don't do it. Do not gossip. The Bible has a lot to say about gossip. Go to the person and have the conversation. At the, at the vineyard, we have a staff team code. We have eight things that, that says we, whatever. And one of the we's of our staff team code is we don't drama. We don't drama. And this is what we mean by this. Got a problem with somebody, we're going to go talk to them. And if you go to anybody on our team and go, hey, so-and-so did this and blah, 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 they're immediately going to stop you and say, have you talked to so-and-so about it? And if you haven't, they'll say, you need to go talk to so-and-so. We don't do that here. We don't do that here. In fact, it's a fireable offense because it's that big of a deal. Do not, as followers of Jesus, we're not to be the source of toxicity wherever we are. We are supposed to be the source of blessing and healing. And when we don't go to the person but go to other people, we're not. And... We are a dis- we're being disobedient to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus said this, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him. Let's say it all together. Alone. Yeah. You go to the person. That is written in red, guys. Jesus said that. This is a big deal. And Jesus, turns out, knows what he's talking about. Somebody has something against you? Or, or somebody has hurt you or harmed you or disappointed you? Go talk to them. Go to them. Now, Jesus doesn't leave it at that. In fact, Jesus says, look, not only if you've been had your feelings hurt, but if you know you've hurt somebody else's feelings, if you've done somebody else wrong, you go to them. You go first. Either way, if you know that you're not right with somebody, whatever the cost, whether it's their fault or your fault, you go to them. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, he said this, Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and then remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Now, the, the context in where Jesus is, is sharing this is in Jerusalem, a festival time. And so they would have a handful of festivals throughout the year. And people would travel from all over the country and all over that region of the world to Jerusalem. And they would bring offerings and sacrifices. And they would wait in long lines because everybody was there, thousands and thousands of people, to take their offering to the altar. And so what Jesus is saying is, look, if you've been standing in line for five hours to bring your offering to the altar, 
and you, you're next in line to go to the altar, and there you remember that somebody has something against you, get out of line, go search Jerusalem until you can find them, because chances are they're there, have a conversation, heal whatever needs to be healed, apologize for whatever you need to apologize for, and then go get back in line and wait another five hours and present your offering to God. But don't come presenting offerings to God when you're, when you're not okay with your brothers and sisters. Jesus was asked what the most important commandment was. and it was, He you know, famously said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But then he tied it to love your neighbor as yourself. One of the most practical ways we can love God with everything we are is to make sure our relationships are good. That we are good with one another. It's that big of a deal. Our relationship with God hinges on our relationship with others. All right, so we're going to stop and pray. We're going to choose to believe the best about, about them, and then we're going to go to them. And step four is this, lead with honor and encouragement. Lead with honor and encouragement. Guys, if you go in hot, if you go in, well, you said this, and you did that, and you, 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 What's going to happen? Defenses go up. Walls go up. They're not going to have the conversation with you. Or they're going to be defensive in that conversation. But if you go in going, hey, I really value our friendship. And I think you are an amazing dog owner. No, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever it is. You know, the way you pet your dog. I mean, it's just anyway. So come up with something that you can encourage them and honor them with. And if you're like, well, there's nothing good about them, then you've got a problem. You've got a problem. You need to deal with the, a root of bitterness in your own heart. But lead with honor and encouragement. Here's what I have found. When people know you're for them, they can hear hard things and they'll thank you for the conversation. They will. But if you go in and your posture is against them, they're not going to hear a thing that you say. So lead with honor and encouragement. Step five, humbly address the topic. Humbly address the topic. All right, tone matters. So if you, again, if you go in hot, it's going to shut things down. But if you come in humbly, it's going to change everything. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Your tone matters huge. Now, if during step one, when you prayed and asked God, hey, what's going on here? Give me eyes to see what's going on here. And if you realize, you know what? I wonder, if they, they, I wonder if they interpreted this wrong or if they heard that or God will remind you, you said this and they probably caught one. Go in and say, look, I, I need to apologize. Guys, when we go into a conversation like that, man, the walls come down. So if you can apologize for something, apologize for it. If you've got something that you need to apologize for. You know, when I was five, I'm guess, guessing five. I was a little kid. I was, definitely be, uh, I was definitely before the age of accountability, so it was my dad's fault. Um, so we used to fish out on Big Wheeling Creek, and, and we heard about this pond uh, that had great, just awesome bass fishing, uh, but it was on private property. Well, one day, before I was old enough to be accountable or know what I was doing, um, 
we snuck onto that, that property and spent the afternoon fishing in that pond, which was very, very much fun, until the landowner showed up. And in no uncertain and unchristian terms, uh, he let us know we were not supposed to be there and never to come back. Well, we left and got home, and my dad felt horrible about it. My mom ended up baking some bread, and my dad drove back out to this guy's house, up his driveway, parked, got out of his car, walked up his walk, up his steps, and knocked on his door. Gave him some bread because homemade bread covers over a multitude of sins. Um, sometimes we pay restitution. Sometimes a gift just opens the door for the conversation. But my dad started with, I am so sorry I was wrong. Now, it ended in a, a great conversation and an invitation back to fish in the pond. Which is not why my dad went back to apologize. You know why he went back to apologize? Because Jesus said, if somebody's got something against you, you go to them and you make it right. Guys, this is so important and it leads to such blessing in our lives if we're willing to humble ourselves and lean into the conversations rather than try and avoid them and walk around them. In that, as we're humbly addressing the topic, ask questions. Say, help me understand. Say, I, I, I'm, if you, we have people taking the Emotionally Healthy Relationships course right now, which is a great class. If you get a chance to take it in the future, I encourage you to do it. But uh, one of the things they teach is you, you say, like, I'm puzzled. Help me understand. Well, that's a great, humble approach. Explain to me. Because this happened, and, and I interpreted it this way, and I'm thinking that you're thinking this. And you give somebody the opportunity to say, no, 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 that's not what I'm thinking at all. Or, yes, 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 that's exactly what I'm thinking. But then you can talk about why. And you get to have a good conversation. Because when we don't have that conversation... It all happens up here and all kinds of lies get told and stories get spun and, and our bodies pay the price and our hearts pay the price and our relationships pay the price. Lean into the conversation. And then step six, super simple. End with honor and encouragement. We're going to give them an honor and encouragement sandwich. We're going to lead with honor and encouragement. We're going to talk about the topic and then we're going to end by saying, you know what, thank you so much. I so value our friendship. I so value you. And, um, and I'm just glad that we were able to have this conversation. Or whatever you can, can come up with to, to honor them. Super important. Honor and encouragement are powerful, guys. If we will just be honoring and encouraging people, life will go so much better. Now, let me encourage you. Do this in person if you can. It's not always possible, but most of the time it is. Do not do this via text message. Do not do it via, via direct message. Do not do it on Facebook, for crying out loud, all right? These are conversations you want to have heart-to-heart -heart with the other person, face-to-face. -face. There's something that happens when we interact in person. Now, I have, at times, written out my thoughts, you know, even written them a letter. But then I'll take it with me and I'll say, you know what, I I want to read this to you because it's gonna, I'm not going to lose my train of thought. And I'll read that. And that can be very helpful. And there are times where we just can't be face-to-face -face and you have to write a letter. But I encourage you, write a letter. Don't do it electronically. Because there's so much that's lost in translation that way. And if you will, 
if you will, if you'll lean in instead of leaning out, if you'll shorten that time, don't let the sun go down on your anger, like shorten the period of time between the offense and the conversation, you can, you can avoid most of your people pain in this life. Not all of it. You'll get hurt because we are people, but you can heal what's been hurt most of the time. So, so very important. Now, I know what th- some of you are thinking. You're thinking, yeah, but what if they're a jerk? What if they're that 1%? What if they won't engage? What if they won't have the conversation? Or what if they won't own what, what happened? Or what if they're just mean? First of all, I'm a full believer in the bumper sticker that mean people suck. They do. They do. Um, so what do we do? How do we, how do we navigate that? Well, Jesus gives us... Very clear directions on that. We're going to go back to Matthew chapter 18 and uh, read it uh, again and then we're going to read down a little bit. It says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. All right, so first step, we're going to have that conversation just between the two of us. I'm not bringing anybody in. I'm not going to go complain to mom and tell her how bad he is. I'm going to talk to him. Or her, or however that breaks down. So we're going to have that conversation. But, oh, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Awesome. But if he does not listen, if he becomes defensive, if he, or if, if she won't have the conversation, if she won't own what's been said or done, whatever, take one or two others along with you. That Every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. So step two in that, if they're not going to have that conversation, if they're not going to engage, take somebody with you. So if I'm at work, I'm going to take my supervisor. If I'm in church, I might take somebody from my, my life group or, or my life group leader, somebody along those lines. And we're going we're gonna to go and we're going to have that conversation. Now here's a little piece of advice for you. Do not go get somebody who is going to be on your side and gang up on the other person. That won't work. You've got to find somebody who is a neutral third party to help mediate that conversation. And hopefully they'd be willing to have that. And if they're shut down there, if they're, they're still unwilling, it says if he refuses listen, to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So we go once alone. We go twice, we bring one other person. We don't go tell everybody. We just get one or two other people and we go and we're like, look, we really want to really work this out. No, I'm not willing to. Okay, well, push it up the food chain. If you're at work, you might go get your boss or your CEO or whatever. If you're um, in the church, you're going to, you know, might be your small group leader. It might be, um, might be one of the advisory board. It might be somebody else in the church. So you have that third conversation. And if they're still unwilling, then he says, treat them like you would a tax collector or or a Gentile. Now, Jesus loved and hung out with tax collectors and Gentiles, all right? So this isn't like just, you know, hate them and write them off. But he didn't give them access to his inner world. And, and, And that is a reasonable boundary with somebody who is unwilling to, who's unwilling to, uh, to work it out, right? You don't, you don't want to give them access to your heart to keep beating you up over and over again. Now, does that mean we don't forgive them? No, we forgive them. We let it go. We wish the best for them, all of that. And sometimes you have to choose to do that. 
but we don't intentionally go out of our way to spend time with them so that they can keep doing that to us. We set appropriate boundaries, right? Does that make sense? Say yes. Oh, yeah, all right. They don't have power over you anymore. You forgive them and you move on. And hopefully someday maybe they'll come around and you'll be able to heal that relationship as well. Because there are unreasonable people in the world. I love what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 18. He says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If it's possible. It's not always possible. And do what you can do as far as it depends on you. If you went to them and then you went to them a second time and you went to them a third time with the appropriate people and they're still unwilling to be reasonable, then you're just like, okay, I've done what I can do. My heart's still open. I hope this works out later, but I'm moving on. Make sense? All right. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Guys, this is how we get better. You will grow emotionally, you will grow spiritually, you will grow more into the person you're supposed to be if you're willing to have these conversations and walk through to the other end. And here's what happens. You get better and they get better and your life gets richer because you're not walking around with all these things spinning around in your head and your heart, but you've dealt with them. And the relationship, and this is what I found in my, my situation, the friendship goes deeper, it gets better. And they understand I'm for them. And they understand I'm not out writing narratives in my mind about who they are and how bad they are, but that I am for them. Guys, peopling, peopling is so important. It is so powerful. It's God's plan to form you and shape you into who you are meant to be. It is how he brings joy and celebration and life into our worlds. But it can be hard. There, there, we're people. We're going to let each other down. We're going, to, we're going to miss it sometimes. We're going to say the wrong thing. We're going to not show up when we were supposed to or show up when we weren't supposed to. And it's hard. But it doesn't have to be that hard. 95% of the pain can be avoided if we will just lean into it rather than do everything we can to avoid it. If you guys will live this out, if we will live this out together, become the kind of culture where we take it head on, believing the best with humility and love and forgiveness, beautiful things happen. Beautiful things happen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for leading the way. Lord, while we were rejecting you with our, our lives and our sin, Lord. You came and you showed humility and you showed kindness and you showed compassion and you showed forgiveness and you showed love. And you've won our hearts by it, Lord. I pray that we would follow your lead. Lord, that we would love one another well, that we would get over ourselves and our fear of conflict and our fear of hard conversations and we'd be able to lean in and experience the joy of reconciliation and the life that comes when we follow what you have taught us. And it is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us here at the Vineyard. 
It's our greatest desire to see you find and follow God, and we hope that this podcast has helped you do just that. In addition to these podcasts, please come visit us live at the Capitol Theater in downtown Wheeling, Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.15, and experience these encouraging messages, some incredible music, and so much more in person. We would love to meet you. Again, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.